0: Amen. Well, I haven't taught on this subject in a. I, I really don't know the last time. I used to teach on this a lot, but um, just recently it's been coming back up in my heart, and um, it's about the family. It's about uh, uh, women and men and husbands and wives and children, and so we're just going to jump right into this uh, in Titus chapter two, and we'll just see how the Lord leads us in this teaching. Titus chapter 2, and we'll start reading with verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. And the aged women likewise, that they be uh, in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, uh, that the word of God be not blaspheming. Now I'm going to jump over here and just read a little bit from the Amplified. Uh, because I think it explains some of these words that we might not use on a daily basis. So uh, let's look over in the Amplified verse 2. This is Titus two 2.2 says, Urge the older men to be temperate, uh, venerable, serious, sensible, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in the love and in the steadfastness and patience of Christ. Bid the older women, similarly, to be reverent and devout in their deportment, as becomes those engaged in sacred service, not slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to give good counsel and be teachers of what is right and noble, so that they will right, wisely train the young women to be sane. Don't you love that? <laughs> now, if we're not finding young women that are sane nowadays, it might be our fault for not teaching, right? Sane, sober of mind, temperate, disciplined. And to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, chase, homemakers, good-natured, kind-hearted, adapting and subordinating themselves to their husbands, that the word of God be not exposed to reproach, blasphemed, or discredited. So uh we see just just a lot packed into these few verses here, but something that stood out to me recently is uh that it says the older women or the women of age should teach the younger women. And I thought, well, I guess I, I really qualify <laughs> for that right there turning 60 this year. Uh, I guess I am of the aged now and the older, and, uh, there is, uh, a really a commandment here to teach younger women. Amen. And, uh, Uh, You know, you think about the word of God and how powerful the word is. We just prayed that you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so really without the Bible, there is no freedom where the spirit of God is. The Bible says is there's liberty. So without the spirit of God, there will be no liberty. And we have a responsibility to teach the word. The Bible says in season or out of season. And, um, I don't think that's, uh, you know, means that, uh, you know, just be ready anytime, even though we do need to be ready anytime. I think it means, you know, when it's popular and when it's not popular. Because, you know, if you wear some clothes that are not in season, it might not be the right time to wear them, you know. So it might not be popular at that time. But, um, the word says we're to preach it. We're to preach this when it's popular and when it's not popular. When CNN or Fox News says this is the way it is and the Bible says no, (laughs) it's a little different than that. We're to go with the word, amen? We're to preach the word. And um, of course that takes boldness and that takes courage because it's going against the flow many times of what the world is demanding. And nowadays we see more and more demands from the world. Um, and I believe now it's toward the church. Amen. Amen. It's toward the church, but we have to be those who are, uh, like our dear brothers and sisters in the book of Acts that said, we ought to please God rather than man. Yeah. Amen. And we will preach the word no matter what. Hallelujah. So we don't know what that means for our future. But I'm gonna stick with the word, amen. And you know, if they throw us in jail, like Paul and Silas, I believe the angels will come and break us out, amen. And I used to think, wow, that would never happen in the United States of America. But you know, I think it's uh, it's it's pointing that direction anyway, right? But we're gonna preach the word, amen. And it, it really is important. To stand for what is right and truth in the word, no matter what is popular. Amen. Now, some of these scriptures here um, could be very unpopular with women, with girls, with young women. And uh, so, uh, but I do know, and Pastor Dave and I were talking about this the other day, that we know several young women, you know, not really young, 20s, 30s, maybe more more in their 30s, who are not married and want to be married and don't understand why they're not married. <laughs> and so I uh, just praying for them and going back over these scriptures, realize that uh, I have a responsibility to teach younger women uh, and let them and let God examine them. You know, let them examine. The Bible says examine yourself <laughs> and, and you examine yourself in light of what God's saying, in light of his word. Um, and, and not again, not what's popular in culture because culture won't always get you through. But I tell you, the spirit of God will always get you through. <laughs> Amen. And you will get the desires of your heart. If you desire to be married, praise God um, this, these, these are the ways of God. And let me just say this, uh, because again, in our, in our culture, you hear things like, well, I just don't think it's important to get married, you know, and, and, uh, and it's big, just things living together, you know, and, and why, why would you want to get married? And, you know, chance getting a divorce and all these other things, you know, they use lots of excuses, but, Uh, marriage is not man's idea. See, we have to go back to the root of where, what God established and marriage is God's idea. In fact, there's only really two institutions that God ordained and that is the church and marriage. (laughs) And he compares the two because they're, uh, they're alike. And we'll read that in a minute, in a minute, in Ephesians chapter five, how he, compares the two and, and really they marry each other. And that's why Satan hates marriage because when he looks at a marriage, he's really looking at Christ in the church (laughs) and he can't stand that, you know, that redemption for mankind. So uh, the marriage reminds him uh, of his defeat and he wars against marriage. He hates marriage, but you know, marriage is a blessing an anointing from God. Um, when you come together it 's not just a ceremony and a wedding and a reception there There are some spiritual things that take place there, and um it 's called holy matrimony and so in that marriage it 's not just a man and a woman, but it 's God, a man and a woman and that 's what makes it powerful <laughs> amen and you know even if you look at it from a secular viewpoint because i 'm a therapist, I went to school and uh, got my bachelor's and my master's degree in uh, counseling and uh, social work. And so if you look at some of the research done between single people and married people, data shows that marriage is much healthier for people. That people that are married, they, they have more nutrition, they, they exercise, they uh, live longer because they care for one another. Financially, they're better off. Um, emotionally they're better off. And so uh, it's interesting to look at the statistics. Well, God knew that. He said two is better than one. Yeah. Amen. And um, so I think the, uh, the excuses of not getting married just don't measure up to what God has ordained and planned. For a man and a woman and marriage is between a man and a woman. I know that's not popular either, but it's the word of God. Amen. And if we're not going to preach the word, then what do we do it? Because it is much as much the word of God as John 316 is the word of God. And these scriptures here are as much the word of God as John three sixteen, So we're not going to uh, tear out this page, amen, or tear out any of the other pages. We're going to leave it all intact and just know that this word will set you free. If you believe it and you receive it, it will absolutely set you free. Amen. So we see marriage between a man and a woman. It was in the very beginning between Adam and Eve, and then all the way through the word you see, marriage being between a man and a woman, and God breathed, God ordained, and I believe that as you become a husband and wife, then the blessing is intensified in your life. Hallelujah, and and that's something that you want to have on your life. Amen. And blessing means an empowerment, a grace there, and there's grace when you're married. There's grace. See, it's not so much as being bad or being good. You know, I think in church world, we say, well, you're just bad or you're you're so good or it's not between bad and good. Really, God's word is, I think, unhealthy and healthy. <laughs> you know, it's just he's not trying to condemn us or beat us over the head if we're not lining up with his word. He's just trying to say to us, I've got a better way for you. I've got a better way. That the blessing will come on you in a fuller manifestation if you'll just follow my way, if you'll just do it my way and not come up with your own ideas and your own ways and what you think is right or what you think might you know be the way to go. Because I'm telling you, we can think we know more than God, but we don't. (laughs) It is very haughty and prideful to think that we have a better idea than God does. Now, um, some of this, I'm just going to lay it out like I see it. And, you know, I'm not I know know everything or and haven't uh, experienced everything in the world. But I do know some things and I have experienced some things. And so, you know, I'll teach from that tonight from what I I believe the Holy Spirit's taught me. Are you ready? Ready. You buckle your (laughs) seatbelt. Okay, here we go. I think that in this scripture. In verse 4, it says that they may teach the young women, all right? So it is our responsibility to teach the young women. Now, notice what we need to teach them. We need to teach them to be sober. That means temperate or disciplined, you know, sober-minded, to love their husbands and to love their children. Now, you would think that a woman would already know that, that even a young woman. Oh, I know how to love my husband. You don't have to tell me that. Or I know how to love my children. But see, this kind of love, God's love, looks a little different than mother's love or even the love of a woman toward a man. God's love is very, very deep and uh In, and goes a lot further. You know, the Bible says that we have to even pray that we would understand and comprehend the love of God because of the depth, the breadth, the length, and the height. It's just so immense that, that it's hard for us to, to understand all of it. But through prayer and spending time in the Word, we get to know His love and we get to understand how you can forgive. Uh, things that we never in a million years thought we could forgive. Or listen to this, to love their children. Well, the Bible says he who does not use the rod of correction hates his child. Hates his child. Now that's in Proverbs. And, uh, so one way to love your child, I know this is all up against everything. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Are we going to go with the Bible or not? You know? I have a, a book that I wrote, God Loves Women, and one of the parts of it is about using the rod of correction and how to use it correctly and not to punish your child, but to bring adjustments and correction so that it will be well with them and they'll live long on the earth. And so uh we were getting it in another language. And the person that was helping us said, "Well, we don't—we just don't believe in the spanking, so we're going to have to take that part out." You know, and I thought, "Well, that's up to them." You know, I mean, it's in the word. If you don't want it, I guess you can exit out. But good luck with that, right? Because, um, and you know, it's not illegal to spank your child in the state of Florida. It's not illegal. Now, they—you know—people spread that rumor, but it's not and i don't believe in abuse at all i do not believe right. in abuse but i believe that sometimes if you do not discipline your child you can get crazy with anger and then the abuse comes whether it's verbal abuse i've seen mothers pinch their children i've seen mothers pull their children's hair i've seen them do all kind of crazy things and i'm just thinking to myself if we just do what god said do when they first disobey you, take them, explain to them that you're going to spank them. There's a backside that the Bible talks about, padded backside, where you spank them. You don't hit them in the face or anywhere else, you know. And and so if you do what God says and do it the right way, you'll see the right result. We, we uh, heard an interesting interview the other day with Martha Stewart and uh, this gentleman that was interviewing her. And just... Amazing, all all the things that she's accomplished and done. And uh, so he was asking her about her childhood, and she said, Well, you know, I got spanked. (laughs) And he goes, Really? And then he said, I did too. And I thought, Well, there you go. Two very successful people on national television, maybe internationally, you know, nowadays, it all goes all over the world. And uh, here they both got spanked. Wow. Think about it. Right. Right. And so and and they weren't complaining about it. (laughs) They were saying that it helped them. Right. So, you know, God knows he knows what's what's needed. And uh, it's not just in one or two verses. I mean, it's continually in the book of Proverbs. If you spare the rod, you hate your son. Um, If you withhold correction, you're not doing right toward your children. Uh, If you spank them, you will deliver their soul from hell. Now, I don't think that's just hell, which we know is real, but I think it's probably hell on earth. Um, And so if you love them and see, we're supposed to teach this. If you love your children, then this is one of the things that you incorporate in uh, in their lives is proper discipline. Amen. Not abuse. And if you're given to temper tantrums and, and, and all that, you don't even need to pick up the rod of correction. You need to let the other spouse do it, but, um, somebody needs to do something. Have you eaten at a restaurant lately (laughs) and where they're climbing all over everything and, you know, it's just unbelievable how, um, The Bible has been thrown out of so much that and it speaks to our everyday lives. Amen. It's not this is not a Sunday morning book. This is an everyday book. Right. It teaches us how to live and how to live successfully, how to live victoriously. Um, So then also then you see how to love your husband. Um, And so we're to teach the younger women how to love their husband. Now, sometimes I think that, you know, women think men are like them and men are very different than women. And uh, Ephesians, if you'll turn with me there, Ephesians kind of gives us a clue about how to love your husband. So let's read through this. Ephesians chapter five, look at verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So uh, we read the next verse, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And women uh, just not want to say most women. Some women just can't hardly stand that scripture. (laughs) They don't even want to read it. They don't want to hear it. But the one above that says we are submit all the time to each other. So it's nothing like what? I mean, this submission really is a way of a Christian's life. And. When it says submit to your husband, it doesn't mean that you don't have a brain and you can't think and, you know, and you're not in charge of anything, et cetera, et cetera. Submit really is uh the word under, under the mission of, you know, submission means under, like a submarine would be under the water. Um, submission means under the mission of. And as a family unit, you know, you have to come together. With a vision, with with a plan, with a strategy, and um, the the Bible says the head, the husband is the head of the wife. So that means that there's headship there. And then you know we've heard through the years, whatever has two heads is a freak, right? <laughs> so there's a head, uh, but that doesn't mean that again that the woman is weaker or the woman doesn't know anything or. This is strictly positions that God uses in a family and in a church to bless the family unit, not to take anything away. And I believe if wives would actually see the power of this scripture, um, they would have no problem at all. With uh, understanding that this mission that you have together on this earth is headed up by the husband, Amen. Um, There is an anointing upon him when he said, "I do" to you in that marriage vow. There's an anoint. There's a responsibility, but along with the responsibility comes the anointing to do it, the grace to do it, and so there's a grace upon him to look after that family, to protect that family, to provide for that family. Amen? It ultimately is his responsibility. But because it is, there's a grace to do it. But wives who are constantly contending with that, uh, and constantly um, yeah. battling against that, the Bible calls it a, a brawling <laughs> a brawling woman in Proverbs. Since you love that word, you're a brawler. You know, you're constantly fighting against that. Uh, then you're not going to experience that grace at its fullness uh, by letting the Lord use him to provide for your family, to protect your family. Amen? Because there's going to be a supernatural vision with him being able to see things and do things that he wouldn't even be able to do on his own. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, this is a supernatural union. Amen. It's divine. And uh, that's another reason we should enter into it, you know, as a man and a woman. Praise God. Do you see these things? All right. So let's go, let's go a little further. Wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands, not to every man in the whole world, but to your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. So in this sense, your husband is that savior there for your family. There's going to be things that he knows and that he sees and that he does. That will help. uh, That will uh, uh, gird up the family. That will uh, uh, protect the 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 children, the the finances. The you know, there's supernatural things that God will show him to direct him. That will be a blessing to you, not a curse. God is. He's only in the blessing business. Amen. And so anything he says to you is not to take something away from you. It's not to extract things from your life. It's to add things. It's to multiply things. You know, God is always in the adding and the multiplying. Yeah. The devil's in the subtracting and the division. That's the mathematics there of who's who. And so know that, that anything, anything God ever tells you to do, it is to advance you. It is to protect you, to help you and to add and multiply in your life, not to subtract or divide. So here he says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So it's his responsibility to give himself for his wife, even to the really to the death of his own wishes and wants and desires, because Jesus died. He gave himself for us. And that's the same way the Lord is asking husbands to give up their life. And really, they do give it up. <laughs> I'm so shocked that men get married because, you know, they, they enter into a whole nother world of, ah, oh, not just me now. I've got a wife and then I have family and I have moved to the end of the line. Amen. I am the last in line now. My wife and my children come before me. And uh, really, that's what Christ is saying here to them. So you can see with with a husband who is leading as a servant, how that would be a beautiful thing. Right. Amen. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherisheth it even as the Lord, the church. Do you know God nourishes you and cherishes you? And that's the way the husbands are to be toward the wives. I love what uh, David said, brother Hagan told him years ago. He said, Your wife should be the the object of all your affections. You should pour out all your affections on your wife. Amen. Now, that's good advice, isn't it? Because what is a woman going to do with that? We will do anything for him. Amen. We could get that kind of love and attention and affection. We would do anything for him. And so remember that, husbands. And then it says in verse 30, for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular. So love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, When we're teaching the younger women how to love the husband, it's not just saying, Oh, husband, you're so cute, or leaving them a little love note, or uh, fixing their favorite dessert. Those are wonderful things, yes. But here, you love him through reverence, respect, reverencing him, respecting him, deferring to him. The Amplified says, uh, honor, prefer, esteem him. Now I have, I have, in, um, you know, 60 years, you learn, you see a lot, especially if you're in church for most of those years <laughs> and pastoring and counseling, you see a lot and you hear a lot and you think, Oh my gosh, because I've heard wives say you just don't make enough money. And I'm not, I'm talking about in a group of people embarrassing their husbands and 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 bringing such shame because, you know, that's very important to a husband and to a man. And then just ridiculing him and wonder why that husband is just struggling with her. Uh, that's not respect. That's not honor. That's not esteeming uh, him or deferring to him. Uh, that's really not showing the love of God at all. And it's not admiring him. All those things and all those are listed in the Amplified here. So that's how we are to love our husbands. Amen. Respect, honor, admire, praise, esteem, regard. Uh, One of of the things here says she notices him. She notices him. Amen. So keep that in mind as you're wanting your husband to feel love because that's how they're going to feel love. Sometimes we think we're loving somebody, but they're not feeling it. (laughs) They're not feeling it the way we're doing it. But this you'll see that your husband uh, is feeling it and knowing that it's true. Praise God. All right, let's turn to one other scripture here. We could teach all night on this, but we're going to close with this last scripture tonight and maybe we'll pick up some more of this. Are you getting blessed? Amen. Yes. Am I digging a hole of things that I don't know if I can get out of? <laughs> I don't care. I know it's the truth. Amen. Ephesians, First uh, Peter, sorry. First Peter chapter 3. Um, and we'll start with verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, that doesn't mean how much you talk to them (laughs) or preach to them or tell them how they should be more spiritual or whatever we resort to. Uh, It means actually the lifestyle, the behavior of the wife. Um, So that goes a little deeper, doesn't it? It It's not what we're saying. It's how we're acting that that will win over our husbands. Um, Verse two. While the they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be with the outward adorning of the plaiting of hair, wearing of a pair of gold, or putting on of apparel, but it let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, when I think about God saying something is of great price to him. That's that's a statement, isn't it? Because God walks on gold, you know, streets of gold. I mean, he's got everything mansions. The Bible says Jesus said, I'll go to prepare a place for you for in my father's house. There are many trailer parks. No mansions. Right. So we know heaven is huge and great and probably more wondrous than we can ever even imagine. Um, so when he says something is of great price to him, it makes my ears perk up. <laughs> and he said, women with a meek and quiet spirit. Now that doesn't mean you have to be s- s- quiet as a mouse and not say anything. It means your heart, your spirit, man, your spirit, man is meek, take teachable. You want to learn, you want to grow. Amen. And then quiet to me says peaceful. peaceful hallelujah you're not shaken up by everything and anything you know we could be frightened out of our mind every day of the week we could find something to be scared about right i mean if you're not just turn on the news and they'll give you something to be scared about right they'll say don't go to the grocery store because there's a shooter there or don't go you know i mean on and on and on we could always be shaken by the world's words But with God's word, see, there's peace. So we have to remember to fill up with him, fill up with God's word. And in God's eyes, this is of great price. He said, in my sight, this is of a great price. If he's putting that much uh, on uh, a quiet and meek spirit, I think I ought to put that, that much demand on myself to, to, uh, you know, to aspire to that. Amen. Uh, now we're not all, you know, we're human. We're going to have days and have times, but I'm telling you, if we really, um, trust God and take him at his word. And when we do get shaken or panicked, uh, use that scripture, we cast it over on the Lord. We cast all our care, anxiety over on the Lord. For he cares affectionately for us. So we can walk in this kind of meekness and quietness, uh, which is in in the sight of God, a great price. Now look at verse five. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted God. Now that's the whole thing right there. Underline that in your Bible. Trust God, right? through, Through it all, trust God and tell him. God, I'm trusting you in this. I am trusting you in this marriage. I'm trusting you with these children, with these grandchildren, we know, with these neighbors or whoever. Um, who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Whew! Wow, calling him Lord. Now no, notice that the Lord is the little L. It's not Jesus's Lord. He's the big L, right? But there is an honor and a reverence and a respect that we ought to show, not just in front of people, really, when you're alone with your husband. Amen? Whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands. Now listen to this, because this will bless women here. Dwell with them according to knowledge. They've got to know some things about women. (laughs) Sometimes we seem a little more complex than men. I think men are a little more simple. But God knows us. And if a husband doesn't understand a wife, he should really go to the Lord and say, tell me, tell me what's going on. (laughs) Tell me about her. Amen. I know David has gone to the Lord before and said, what about this with Scarlet? You know? And God told you what to do, didn't he? And it was wonderful. I don't even know if I could have told him in that instance, but God told him. And it was a beautiful answer to a, a, a problem. It was a solution. Amen? Amen. And so it says, dwell according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as Unto the weaker vessel. It doesn't say they're a weaker person. It just says a weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now that was, I was talking about holy matrimony. You are heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers be not hindered. Now look at that. He's telling husbands they need to do this. And be honorable to the wife. So that God will... Answer their prayer. Now, you know, that's pretty strong. Here's God saying, uh, I'm not going to really talk to you until you get it right with your wife. Wow. That tells me that God loves me. Amen. If he is such a father figure and he his daughters mean a lot to him. And so if he's going to say, I'm not going to really answer anything or talk to you because prayer is just conversation until you first go get it right with your wife. What an amazing thing that your prayers be not hindered. And so maybe that's good for uh, some men tonight that you thought, well, God just hadn't heard my prayer, hadn't answered my prayer. Maybe that's a good checkup, right? Just to see how it's going with you and your wife. Amen. And then finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary rise, bless, blessing. That means if somebody does some evil, you bless them. That means if somebody rails against you, you bless them. Knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life, that's me. Do you love life and see good day? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him askew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. The Bible says in the Amplified, let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions or moral conflicts and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow men, And with yourself, but pursue and go after it. Go after it. Amen. Hallelujah. God's ways are higher than our ways. And they're certainly better than our ways. So uh, no matter how uh, a nation comes down and and dumbs itself down to whatever mere men think, uh, God's ways are the best. They're always the best way to follow And when we follow him, we get those great results. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. And I just want to let you know that these Women of Substance podcasts are the first and third Fridays of every month. So we do two a month just to encourage and empower you and inspire you. Tell other people about them when you listen to them and it means something to you. Let some other people know about it because we really want to get the word into women's hearts that they are significant, they're important to God, and they can do what He's called them to do. If you would like to donate to Women of Substance Podcast, uh, we appreciate your support because it does cost finances to get these done, and we uh, appreciate any support. Uh, we've had probably about 30,000 listeners, and uh, it's just so exciting to hear People tell me, Scarlett, I, I heard this interview or I heard your teaching on this and it really helped me. It, it brought me to a place of faith when I was struggling or, you know, a situation that um, it, it got me through that situation. So um, if you would like to contribute also, you can do that by going to scarlethorton.com. Also, if you need prayer Uh, We would love for you to write prayer requests. We love to pray, and we love to pray for any needs that you have at office at scarlethorton.com. Also, contact us. We have a Grace and Faith magazine that we put out usually once a quarter, and it gives information about Horton Ministries. My husband, David Horton, and I travel overseas a lot. We give reports of where we've been and the many people that have gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, the miracles that God does. And I know that you would love to read that magazine as well. So let us know if you'd like it. And then we want to invite you, if you're in the Tampa Bay area on vacation, or maybe you live down here and you didn't know that there is a Word of Faith, Grace Church called Grace Harvest Church, and it's in Holiday and uh, we would love to have you come. We have services uh, Sunday morning at 10 and Wednesday night at 7. So I know that you would love our church. Then also on our website, we have a lot of faith building resources. David has written some books and I've written a book and a workbook. And then we have some new books coming out very soon. So uh, these resources would help you. And they're uh, scarlethorton.com and you can go on and see those if you would like to purchase those. And then if you would like to book us for an event, any kind of conventions or conferences, we love to minister and travel and preach as well. So uh, we'd love to do that. Again, if you need prayer, don't hesitate. We know God hears and answers prayer. God bless you.